life is short, and I think a lot of people take it for granted. I, I certainly I lost a brother when he was 28, mm. and since then, um, I really I value every single day. And so it's not necessarily I'm not chasing the money. I love money. Don't get me wrong. But that's not what it's about for me. I used to chase the ROI all the time, return on investment. And over the course of time, that has evolved into what I call return on life. Danielle, thank you so much for joining me on the Return on Life podcast. This is about the ROL. What's the ROL? It's return on life. But so often in life, we change, chase the ROI, return on investment. And then one day we wake up, we're old, and we're going, hmm, didn't get much out of life, but I got a lot of money. So return on life is about how do we do what we do, in this case we're doing real estate, and how do we get the most out of what we do and get a return on life. So today, Danielle, I want to say thanks for being here. Thank you for, for having those. me. You're welcome. And for all those that are watching the podcast on Return on Life podcast, I've got Danielle Beausoleil. By the way, I love saying that, Beausoleil. I couldn't say it the first time I saw it. You're not the only one. It's butchered frequently. Butchered frequently. Yeah, Dick never gets butchered. It does. My car pronounces it Dyke. Dyke, Dick. So, it's still. Mm. <laughs> Anyways. So, thank you for being on the podcast today. And uh, do you want to share a little bit about what you do, how you do it? Uh, what's your, your main source of uh, business when it comes to real estate? Sure. So um, I've been doing real estate since 2019, so not a you know, super long time. Um, but I've been involved in real estate my entire life. So even though I've just been licensed a few years, I feel like I've had uh, a lot of knowledge building up to actually getting my license. So I think for me, um, I definitely practice a different type of real estate. I met somebody the other day and they were like, oh, you're a realtor, you must have a card on you. No, I don't have a card on me because you're not going to forget me, right? <laughs> Just Google my name if you, if you want to get a hold of me. Um, I, I like the challenge of real estate and I like more the commercial side of it. Not that I don't enjoy residential as well, but I primarily do commercial stuff. And you say you've been doing real estate your entire life. Uh, help our viewers understand how is that possible? since you've only been licensed since 2019. Yeah, so when I say doing real estate, I mean really living real estate. My mom and dad um, every year would build a house, we'd move into it for six months, and then they'd be building another one. So I moved a lot and there was, I just grew up around purchases and new builds, sometimes renovations, whatever the case may be. Um, and you know, they were also quite involved in the commercial market as well. So they had commercial builds, they purchased commercial properties. So since the, literally the time I was born, I've kind of lived that life. So I've been licensed a short amount of time, but I have a very clear understanding of the workings. Hmm. So today's about return on life and your parents were heavily involved in businesses, but they probably also found time to really enjoy life. You know, I, I think it's a generational thing. So I would say to this day, um, my parents, they're in their mid seventies and they work probably more than I do. Um, and it's, it's not that I'm unproductive. I just really see the value in living your life and enjoying life because it's short. And I think that the more enjoyment that you get out of life, the better you're gonna be at your job. Because if you just work constantly, it's, it's not enjoyable. So you have to work for a goal. And in my case, the goal is to be able to enjoy my life. 
So you're not going to follow your parents' footsteps. Well, they enjoy their life, but they just enjoy working more than I do. So, <laughs> and you know, they're entrepreneurs, so they work for themselves and they have, you know, a variety of different interests, but it's not like they're golfers or, uh, you know, ho their hobby is, is really work. So that's what they do. But they do enjoy traveling, which is my passion as well. Mm -hmm. So we actually do a lot of traveling together, which is nice. Okay. So let's talk about numbers. I love numbers. Carry on. How many deals did you do last year? Why are you asking me that, Randy? Because I know it's a soft spot. We all know. I don't know. I don't track. I don't track the deals that I do. I, I feel like I probably should. It might make me, I don't know, more productive. Um, I, I simply don't. So I, Why? well, because I don't find enjoyment in that. I, I actually love what I do every day. When I get up and go to work, it's not a numbers game. From Well, it is a, it's a numbers game in a sense, is that you, the more that you're doing, the more that you're gonna close. But I don't necessarily track what I close. And I think part of the reason of that is I do, a, I, I get a lot of no's in my life and I get a lot of collapsed deals, failed deals, deals that don't work out. So I'm doing a lot, so it's hard to track exactly what's closed. Do you get more no's than the average realtor? I think so, probably. But you probably get more yeses too. I think, well, you know, if I'm, I'm not afraid of no. I kind of like no, actually. Um, it, because I know when I get a no, I just keep going and eventually it'll be a yes. Usually, that's the way it works out. So I don't mind. rule, you gotta get 80%, at least 80% no's before you'll get any yeses. In fact, it's probably a higher percentage Didn't than that. Didn't know that was a rule. Oh, it is a rule. Yeah, the 80-20 rule. <laughs> and what I love about you is that you live with urgency and you compress so much in one day just by watching you, following, seeing the business that you do. Where did that urgency come from? Like, where do you, like, do you get up in the morning and say, I'm just gonna like go for it? Or was that instilled in you from your parents or what's, What's brought that urgency into your life? So I, that's a funny question because again, um, you know, when you talk to successful people, realtors in particular, they've got, you know, boards and it's tracking everything and they get up at four in the morning and drink their wheatgrass tea and do a workout and all the things. I don't like mornings. I sleep as late as I possibly can. Um, I have a seven-year-old, so I'm up by 6.30. I would like to sleep much longer, but I can't. Um, I'm not a huge worker-outer person, a little bit allergic to the exercise portion of life. Mm. Um, so my sense of urgency is probably, yeah, probably I got that from growing up, is I need to, I need to get done, I need to accomplish what I want to accomplish in essentially as little amount of time as possible because I want to go out and enjoy my life. Mm -hmm. So at this stage of life, for instance, I have a seven-year-old. I have to be done my day by two o'clock because wow. I have to drive to pick her up. Um, so, I, you know, all my, any meetings that I have to do happen between when I drop her off at 8.45 and pick her up at two. And then I still work from home, of course, or wherever I'm at, but. So you compress that and you need to get more stuff done, more shit done yeah. in that time frame than somebody that has 10, 12 hours in a day and you'll get it done in, in four or five hours. Well, and my thing too is, this is actually a great podcast return on life because I value my life. I, it, life is short and I think a lot of people take it for granted. I, I, certainly, I lost a brother when he was 28 mm. and since then, um, I really, I value every single day. And so it's not necessarily, I'm not chasing the money. I love money, don't get me wrong. 
but that's not what it's about for me. It's about living your life in a way that brings satisfaction. Uh, I'm going to say joy most days from your work world. And then also that translating into being able to enjoy my kids or my passions. Mm -hmm. And I don't want to work, you know, 15 hours a day. Not that, I mean, I do sometimes, but I try to keep all of the, yeah, the the face-to-face meetings in those kind of four to five hours. Crucible moments. Times in our lives that things have happened. You just shared one. They are, they are, you know, those guiding posts that make us who we are as we mature. And we can take those and they can ruin us, make us cower, or we can grow from them. I mean, I, I love that you shared about your, your brother, which I had no idea. So thanks for doing that. Mm-hmm, Any yeah. other crucible moments that you think that have really shaped and formed who you are today? And if you want to ask me one or two, why don't you I could get vulnerable Yeah, too. why don't you go ahead, Randy? You tell me. <laughs> Well, probably my, my first crucible moment was being born a twin. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Look at that. We're learning something new. So I was born a twin, which, you know, you, uh, you have your closest competitor with you at all times. Your, your best ally, your best enemy, all wrapped up into one. And so that was, that was one of the you know, most interesting moments of my early childhood, <laughs> being yeah. born a twin. Get out of the way. I'm going first. So that brought out the competitiveness. But something that really shaped and formed me was at 14 when I when I broke my neck. Ooh. I hit a building with a motorcycle, woke up paralyzed. Holy. Had to learn to walk, had to learn how to eat, how to poop, how to, how to pee, all, all that All the could. things, yeah. yeah. So that really shaped me because I was competitive before, but the fact that my twin brother, which was my closest competitor, the most like, I could see him way in the distance. And then it was like, how do I get back to that moment where I'm equal competitively? So we have these crucible moments. You know, I can relate to the twin factor. Uh, My brother and I were a grade apart and same kind of things, right? We were always kind of fighting for whatever the case may be, right? Always wanted to win. He was bigger than me, so he won a lot of things, but <laughs> I like to say I was smarter, so it, it equaled out. So you're super competitive. I mean, it just, it just comes out of you. Um, when, did you when did you know how competitive you are or were? And what, because we can be too competitive at times. <laughs> I call that asshole mode. <laughs> Focus on the goal and nobody else matters. So how do you keep that all in check and how do you use that to to be productive, but also work it back into return on life? I think, um, you know, competition or competitive people, they're people, so by nature they vary, but everyone takes that differently, right? So I am self-aware, so I understand that I can definitely have the, you know, capacity to run people over. So as I've gotten older and, you know, being kind is important and I want to include everybody and I don't want to leave everyone or anyone feeling like I've walked all over them. Uh, And that definitely came with age because when I was younger, I would just do it and then be like, oh, what happened back there? Um, So as much as I'm competitive, it's also and, and, you know, especially I find in in real estate more so. I really believe in collaboration over competition. So, of course, like I'm competitive in the sense that 
yeah, I want to get that listing and yes, I want to make that sale, but my colleagues are invaluable. You know, the better relationships that I have with the people in my industry and my field that I work with, the better we're all going to do. And I'm sure you know, there's some realtors and I'm like, oh, I will steer my clients away from that listing because I don't want to work with the realtor. Mm -hmm. I don't want to be that person. So anyone that I work with, I see it more as collaboration over competition and I want to make their life easy. So that's, you know, we all have the same goal. Yeah. Collaboration is the new currency. It really is. And I think so many people, they limit their success by trying to be, you know, that lone ranger and not collaborating with one another. So I appreciate that you shared that. That's, that's really, really awesome. Hey, let's talk about fear. Fear. Do you have fear? Uh, of course. I think everybody has fears. Is fear your friend, your foe, your Um, motivator? I'm not going to call it. You said you had fear. Yeah, of course. I mean, everybody (laughs) everybody has fear, right? I'm just trying to... I don't. I mean, it's a good question. I don't know, friend, foe, motivator. I mean, it's probably maybe it's. I think it's probably all of them. It's a mixture of everything. Yeah, for sure. I mean, if we look at our entire lives, we've we've had probably every piece of that. But as we mature and we we get to own fear, because fear can be a powerful motivator. It's always been for me, fear of failure. I don't know about you. Were you an underdog? An underdog? I don't know. I don't think. I don't think think so. No. I mean, well, not that. Like, you know, if you if. Go back to, I, when I hear underdog and fear and failure and all that, I go back to like high school. I hated high school. Mm. I was not a good person in high school. Like I wasn't the popular person. I wasn't, I just was I, my own kind of, I didn't fit in with anyone. So in that sense, I guess, because then, you know, you get out of high school and you get into life and that doesn't matter anymore. But when you're in that world, that is your world, right? So to not fit in, that's, that's a fearful situation something that needs to be overcome mm-hmm. if you're going to be successful in life, right? You know, it's interesting. Um, who we are in high school is not who we are in life. Yet, high school builds these people up into these superstars or these, you know, mega popular people. Yeah. But they end up not often being <laughs> the real people in the real life. In, well, because it's a bubble, right? It's, it's, not, it's not reality. Yeah. Right? When you get into into real life, you need to collaborate and be yeah. kind to people. And it <laughs> Do you have any friends from high school still? I do actually. So my, it was, she was my best friend in high school. Um, and then, you know, I went on with my life and I left Chilliwack and traveled and went to university, lived in the States for a while, did all that. Um, and when I came back, we're still, uh, she's actually, I'm uh, doing a fundraising dinner that you very generously donated to. So thank you for that. You're welcome. Um, she's going to emcee it and she is a fantastic performer. So she probably will incorporate, we have a, a band that's going to be there. I'm sure she'll sing some songs as well. So still nice. in touch with her and she's uh, yeah, a very, very generous, kind person. And it's, that's probably the only person from high school that I still hang out with on a regular basis. But, um, you know, certainly can appreciate sort of what that experience brought and the fact that, actually it's funny, so we're talking about high school. I don't know why we're talking about high school so long ago, you you started it. Um, And she was- digging deep. Right? So she was not very nice to me in high school and I didn't, like at the end we got, I don't even know what it was about, but I like couldn't forgive her for years and years and she kept saying like, Danielle, like you gotta let this go, I'm sorry. It literally took me a couple of years. Finally, I'm like, okay, I'm over it. I mean, I was in my thirties. Okay, I'm over it, we can be friends. That's awesome. Speaking of getting over it, um, a wise man told me, in the moment, in the moment, we always feel 
when it's not going right. We're at an appointment. We're with friends. It's not going right. It's with my wife, it's not going right. In that moment, stop. Hey, can we start over? Reset instantly. Mm. So here's my advice to you. Just ask for a reset. Can well, we start over? Yeah, it, it worked. It worked itself out. But yeah, that's that's it's good advice. Even in appointments, I've found it to be very helpful. But anyways, this is your podcast, Return on Life. Um, success is about proximity of power in most cases. Like we have more success when we're in the right room, the right people. Um, the right room, what does that right room look like for Danielle? So, you know, it's a good question. And I've actually put a lot of thought into something similar to that uh, very recently. So for me, that is not my comfort zone to walk into a room full of people uh, and, you know. No. Oh, it's absolutely not. I'm shy. People don't believe it, but I am. I see you're laughing. I, I, like that. So that, you talk about fear. Me walking into a room mm. of people I don't know is anxiety provoking. I can't stand it. I hate it. Wow. And so mo- that all I would not have thought. Nobody thinks that. I know people just think I'm stuck up or I'm snobby because I have to like get over my anxiety and then you know do whatever I'm going to do. But I have a goal in mind. So when I walk in, I'm like I scan the room and anyone that I don't know, I'll make sure that I know them by the end of the night. Mm. Uh, but just very recently, in the last few months, I've decided I just it's not worth it for me. Any, I don't need to do that anymore. So I'm not gonna. I'm just not gonna do that. I've got lots of contacts and connections, and I'm busy and. Of course, I want new business, but it's not worth, if you talk about a return on life, it's not worth the personal cost for whatever the professional gain may or may not be. Okay. I like that. Got any big ideas? I have tons of big ideas. What's your biggest idea? Uh, like pertaining to what? Work? Anything. Life? I don't know. I mean... Return on life, work, anything that you've done in the past that, wow, you know, that was a... Yeah, <sighs> kind of an idea. Like getting my real estate license. Okay, that's worked out very well. Who helped for me. you with that? Uh, so let me tell you, Randy, you yourself included. Um, every single person I talked to. So my plan was I had to orthopedic clinics, mm-hmm. and I didn't want to do it anymore. So I thought, well, I'm going to sell those. Didn't want to leave Chilliwack. I don't take direction very well. Uh, what am I going to do? I got to I got to pay my bills. What am I going to do? Okay, well, I'll go into real estate. Every and I I didn't just want to do residential. I wanted to focus primarily on commercial because that's where my interests lie. You included, I don't know if I mentioned it, I'll mention it again. Every single person I talked to said, she thinks she wants to be commercial. She doesn't. She doesn't. Um, and that, I, like, I, that was a motivator, I guess, is having everybody say like, oh no, she can't, she won't, she doesn't understand it, she doesn't know what she's talking about. Um, so the, yeah, that for me was that was a big kind of motivator and a big idea, right? Because I my goal was to get a return on life. I absolutely love my lifestyle. I love living in Chilliwack. I love the community that I have there, my friends, my family. It's I did not want to leave. So real estate license was the vehicle to maintain that lifestyle. Right. So despite the f- very many people that said no, don't do it, um, that was a big idea, and I think I've done okay. Awesome. So passion is real estate, but you had a real passion for chasing the commercial side of real estate, which is not, 
it's a boys club. Oh, it sure is. And in Chilliwack, it's even more a boys club. Sure is. So um, good on you for pushing through and finding your passion. You know, um, listen to this great, great podcast on passion. And everybody says, follow your passion, follow your passion. And, and so then they, they follow their passion, but they never succeed. But they follow their passion because there's some billionaire up on stage saying, follow your passion. Well, was his passion really a passion or is it a passion now because he's a billionaire? Yeah, right? right? A passion to make the money. So, you know, we have to do the hard things in order to really understand if it's a passion. Yeah, yeah. No, I would concur with that 100%. Yeah. Well, so, go pe- ahead. Pe- people often ask, uh, so I've, I have an 18-year-old boy, and they're like, oh, is he going to follow the family in real estate? And I'm like, mm, is that following the family? I've been doing it for a couple of years. <laughs> um, but, you know, his and he, he's a funny kid because he is so um, diplomatic. So he'll just, you're like, oh, Nick, you should do this. And he'll be like, yeah, I'll take that under consideration. And then he'll go do whatever he wants to do. And so for him, it's not real estate. I've suggested it like, hey, you might want to try it. And he's like zero interest in that. Uh, I don't know where I was going with that, but anyway. And he is now in Europe. Is that right? He's in France, yeah. France. Yeah. What's he doing in France? So he has done a, a Rotary Exchange, which is a year-long program. If I, if I don't know if anyone watches these things, because you're pretty interesting. I don't have too much to say. Um, if, if, if you don't know about the Rotary Youth Exchange, look into it. By the if, way, if, you're more interesting yeah. than you think. Um, yeah, if you don't know about Rotary Youth Exchange, look into it. It is a fantastic opportunity if you have kids that are sort of like 14 to 17, 18 age range. Mm-hmm. Um, it just it provides like the opportunity of a lifetime is an understatement. So he's been there for uh, about nine months, I guess, and he'll be home in July. Uh, so he'll complete just about a year there. Mm. And you know, you talk about return on life. This kid, so he worked really hard. He graduated a year early. Um, so he's in France at high school, but it doesn't count for anything. And he literally just, he, he was at a ski in, ski out chalet in the Italian Alps. He did a, you know, a 10 day tour around France with a bunch of other kids. Like I can't even, I could talk forever about all the things that he's done. So wow, that's what he's doing there. Wow. Yeah. It's great. Huh. Apple doesn't fall too far from the tree, I guess, eh? He, you know, my passion is travel. I, that's like, I work to travel. Um, and he's, I've taken him with me since, I think his first trip was at four months. Wow. Yeah, so he, he I think he's pretty good. He's got the travel bug. It's fantastic. Who is the best in the world at what you do that you know? The best in the world at what I do, like as far as Well, in your estate? world, whatever that world is. So that is that Chilliwack, is that the Fraser Valley, where is it? And you go, man, if I could just... I'm gonna say you, Randy. Wow. <laughs> I seriously, really, I model, like when I looked at getting into real estate, you're the one that came to mind. Mm-hmm. It's like, I wanna be like Randy. Why? Cause you're good at what you do. And you carry it with confidence and you make it look easy. And I know it's not easy. And um, you stuck with me because, or you stick in my mind because I had just opened up my very first clinic 
And you talk about fear that, I mean, I had a little place, I, I call it the laneway, but let's call it what it is. It was an alley. <laughs> and, uh, you know, open up my door for business. I had gone back to school for a couple years to get my certification. And here I am with my life saving, living in a, in a basement suite because I couldn't afford to do both. So I thought I'm going to open this business. And uh, you came in and said, like, oh, how can I help you? Mm. And that has stuck with me, and I use that all the time, actually. When I look at other people, I'm like, and especially because I do commercials, so I do a lot, of, a lot of leasing, and it's new businesses, and it's entrepreneurs, and I get their struggle. I understand it. So I want to pull a Randy and, and help them as much as I can. Thank you. That's uh, quite a compliment. Thank you. Because, I mean, you, uh, you carry yourself with such poise. We call it posture. I went through that this morning with the team and talked about posture and how we... Now I'm like... <laughs> Well, that's the first thought. Yeah, oh, I gotta stand, you know, proud chest, whatever. But yeah. posture is so many things. It's how we speak, it's our words, it's how we enter a room, it's how we dress, it's eye contact, it's all of those things. And when I met you the first time, I was I was struck by your posture, which is ironic because I was probably in the back room crying before you came out because it was it was a hard it was a hard go opening that up right. But you got to put that face no, no, on. I'll tell you what it was. We were looking at some old buildings and we were going down some really creaky stairs into these dungeon basements and you had these heels on that and I go, man, she can rock this in <laughs> heels? I'm struggling with it in dress shoes. So anyways, I think you carry yourself with such poise and posture. So I really admire how you handle yourself. So I say you're awesome. Thank you. Um, let's talk about childhood. Mm. There's two gifts that we get as children that is just so, so incredible. And they're just gifts that are given to each and every child. It's called curiosity and imagination. Mm -hmm. And over the course of time and the knocks that we get hit up with and things that happen, we lose our curiosity and we shut down our imagination. But these are the two greatest gifts that we can have as human beings. Sure, because there's no limits, right? There's zero limits. Yeah. Um, how good is your curiosity and imagination today versus when you were four and five, when you could be you know, an astronaut one day and a doctor the next and a chef the next day? You know, I'm blessed in that sense, um, if you want to speak about childhood, because I was always encouraged and I was always given. And, you know, we didn't, when I was younger, like I didn't, we didn't grow up with money, but I was never you limited. You didn't grow up with money? No, we not when I was young. I can actually physically remember we moved into a house and I was like, wow, this is a big house. Hmm. And, you know, before that we were living in... My mom's very talented, so she could take she could take that shack on whatever that Salvation Army house is and make it look really good. So wherever we lived, it was always comfortable and it was always home. Um, but I do re I remember it was a defining moment. We uh, moved into this. They built this huge house and it was ridiculous. And I remember, but my life didn't change. So we literally went from living in you know crappy little houses to this brand new build with a view of the city but nothing changed like I always felt like I had everything even mm. when you know we didn't so and I think for me just that growing up that way you realize that you're you're really not limited so whatever you can dream or 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 desire you can find a way to make that happen right absolutely desire being coachable 
and then you got to go and do the work. But you put those three things together, and you're unstoppable. Mm-hmm. Unstoppable. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I would agree with that. Well, um, let's uh, let's wind this down. Unless you want more to share. No, I think I've chatted a whole lot about me. <laughs> one life, one legacy. I'm going to ask actually one ask one more question. One life, one legacy. This is something that I think is really important. It's I it it is something that's similar to return on life. So one life, we have one life, yep. and we have one legacy. Like one day, we're not gonna be here. Yeah. And for me, that is such a driver for me that I get one opportunity to share a little piece of who Randy is and what are the people saying behind my back about me and what is the legacy I'm gonna leave. What do you think of that? Is that too heavy? No, not at all. I mean, I, I think it's a complex topic in the sense that I think I don't think there's a human being out there that says I want to leave a legacy of bitterness and meanness and people hurt behind me. Nobody says that. Um, and I, I think how we go about leaving that legacy, everyone does it in a different way. But I, maybe I'm just um, I have I know that I tend to have a very positive outlook. Um, but for, for me, I, I want to leave a legacy of, you know, my, my kids, I describe one as very kind and one as very capable. If I had one word to describe them, not that they don't encompass a whole bunch of other things, but that's what I would like to leave as my legacy, uh, kindness and encouragement so that people can get whatever it is they want to get done while still taking into consideration all the people around them and lifting others up. So, you know, at night when I go to sleep and I say a prayer for my kids, I always say, um, let them be kind and let them be encouraging. And I think that if they do that, then they're gonna, that's gonna come back to them in life, right? Great answer, great answer. Love that. Okay, speed round. What do you do to let your hair down? What do I do to let my hair down? Uh, I, I mean, I guess travel. That's like that's okay. my that's my go-to. I literally, if you want to, if you were like, hey, you want to go to Cash Creek? I'd be like, yeah, yeah, I'm in. Let's go. Let's check it so out. So daily, you you'd have this decision on a daily basis. I'm I'm usually I'm always planning what I'm gonna do. So COVID for me, like I actually loved COVID. I I know it's weird, but um, <laughs> man, I was living my best life. It was great. Uh, but I booked like a million trips. I was just sitting there like booking and I had to, a lot of them got canceled because COVID kept going. But when the restrictions were finally lifted, like I've done a lot of, a lot, I've been everywhere, which is, it's great. But I'm like, maybe, maybe slow it down a bit because I did book a lot. <laughs> okay, sticking with travel, a city that you could go to and spend one year, what would that city be? You know, everybody asks me, where would you, what's your favorite place you've been? And my answer to that question is it doesn't matter because there's so much more to see. And the answer to your question is I could literally live anywhere. I could live anywhere because okay. I would just make it my own and figure it out. And I just love the different cultures and people and traditions and customs. And if it's just a year, then. Okay, audible or book? Oh, book. Book. Yeah. Okay. Uh, text, phone. Text, I hate the phone. Don't face phone me. Face to face. I prefer a text. Okay, text it is. I'll text you from now on. I've been doing video text with you a couple of times. What do you think of that? Oh, that's okay. Yeah, that's, I can it's, do that. It's, okay. not, it's not intrusive, right? Like, it's good. I laugh. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, favorite band? Oh, I don't know. I like country music. Country. Yeah. Country girl, okay. Which country band? 
I, I don't have a favorite. There's just lots country. of there's lots just of talented country. Okay. people out there, right? Okay, this is a trick. This is a trick question. Mm. If you were a scratch and sniff sticker, scratch and sniff sticker, what would it be? A Sour Patch Kid. A Sour Patch Kid. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> a little harsh, a little sweet, good. <laughs> all balance. It's all about balance. Balance. Awesome. Hey, thanks for being an amazing guest on Return on Life Podcast. You're awesome. Appreciate your answers. And uh, it's been great. All right. Thanks for thanks, having Danielle. me. Thanks, Danielle. Yeah.